Hey everyone, thank you for joining episode 41 of The Green Life. I'm very excited about today's episode as we dive into a very big subject, energy vampires and how to dodge them. And nobody could speak about this better than Dr. Northrop. Now, I'm very blessed that she came back on the show, so I cannot wait to dive into this. Before we get into the episode, a big shout out to Nama Well for the J2 juicer that powers this podcast. I really love my J2. I absolutely find it easy to use, easy to clean, makes the smoothest like juices so beautiful. The texture is perfect and quite honestly saves a lot of money because what comes out of the feeder is dry and all the juice is in your glass as it should be. So if you want 10%, go into the show notes and check it out. And also I want to inform you that I'm having a beautiful luxury retreat, all comprehensive here in Portugal in 2023 May. If you want to know more again, go into the show notes and I have the link to my website. All the details is laid out there. And if you have any more questions after that, get in touch with me and I'm happy to share more. All right, back to the episode. I'm so, so excited about this. I am pretty sure that all of us have encountered an energy vampire in our life. Sometimes we know it, sometimes we don't. But the book that Dr. Dr. Northrop wrote a few years ago, Dodging Energy Vampires, is really powerful because it does help us to identify them and then it gives us the tools to move away from these characters. And I find it that I found it that I didn't really understand as much at the time when I read and reviewed the book for A House, but now it really makes a lot of sense. This year in particular, the energy vampires that are where in my life really popped up and I kind of had to really move away from them. So it helped me massively and I really hope that this podcast, this episode with Dr. Northrop will help you too. As you know, Dr. Northrop is a beautiful woman. She is a visionary and a pioneer in medicine really. She's an MD. She's actually a board certified OBGYN, but she really dealt deeper into health and in a holistic way. So she looked at things that normal doctors might not actually look at. And as a consequence, she became a beautiful author, very well respected in the industry, as well as celebrated for her forward-thinking way. And she was on the opera show, she was on so many news and TV shows talking about her work to help women find their power. And one of the things that women and men can struggle with is energy vampires. So this book is really, really empowering for all of us, especially if you're an empath, you really have to learn how to protect your energy, how to protect yourself. So you have to identify who the people that are stopping out that energy are. Okay, no more dilly-dally. I'm really talking a lot here, but it's so exciting. Without further ado, let's welcome our beautiful guest today, Dr. Christian Northrop. Thank you, Dr. Northrop, for being back on the show. So nice to see you. How are you? I'm good. Everything is good. And, you know, I think that the um, the Great Reset is crumbling and the Great Awakening is happening in, in a big way. And, you know, I was talking with a friend this morning and and we realized that uh, two years ago, three years ago, when we saw this whole thing starting, we were voracious for information and we brought ourselves up to speed and we know what's going on. And at this point, and you know, it's kind of time we can kind of relax, let everyone else take up the slack. <laughs> we're prepared. We're, we're prepared. We, we see what's happening. Yes. Yeah. You're so right. I was actually listening to one of your um, interviews um, not long ago. And I remember you saying, you know, if, um, 
uh, like basically they're trying to make prophecy happen by pushing, pushing, pushing these wars and that, and then nothing is happening really. If you like, what's happening is that people are waking up. Yes, because what 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 they cannot um, control anymore is the human electromagnetic field, the the light that's coming in, um, where we are evolving so quickly, and and you know so. You know, let me give them a little credit. Thank you. Thank you. Without that push, we all would have stayed in our little bubble and uh, and we didn't. So, you know, muscles don't get stronger unless you lift heavier weights. And uh, we've been lifting some very, very heavy weights. But what's happened as a result? We have this global family now of uh, better friends than I've ever had. I can be my 100% self with anyone who interviews me, whether it's Australia and you're in Northern Portugal, and then I have all these friends in California and all over the world, really, of the, I think we could call ourselves star seeds or whatever we are, who who just saw it from the beginning. And I was listening to Alex Collier, the Andromedan contactee who I met uh, at a conference in Orlando. And uh, Alex said, there's basically 200 million of us. We came back from the future to right a great wrong. And I thought that makes as much sense as anything I have heard. So here we are. And if you're Christian, you call it the second coming of Christ. That's okay with me too, because uh, uh, Christ is the, when they, when they say Christ is the way, the truth, and the light, no one comes to the Father but through me. In my opinion, we're talking about Christ consciousness. Hmm. We, you know, we're talking about that um, great compassion, great love, great ability to see the best in everything. But at the same time, let's not forget, Jesus went with his chain and his whip through the money changers, and you know, so that we there are many, many Christians who have this kind of docile, oh, you know, we forgive everything. I, I don't know if you've seen the the TV show or the podcast, Dirty John, about the woman who marries the sociopath. Oh my, okay. It is the best depiction of how an energy vampire feeds on an empath who's just kind of clueless because um, her instincts have been eroded by her own mother, um, going to forgiveness way too quickly, like way too quickly. You don't get to forgiveness until you have uh, you have alchemized the rage, the anger, the victimization, the unfairness. You cannot get to forgiveness without the path. You don't just go boom into a spiritual bypass. Yeah, it wow. doesn't it doesn't work. So anyway, no, absolutely. That was a great introduction to the topic today in your book, which I have here. I um I reviewed it for Hay House UK a few years ago when it came out, um, and I really loved it because you know I I knew your work, but as I said in the other interview, it was a little bit early for me to understand the depth of the work about menopause and about all the other things. Oh, yeah. But I loved your work, and so when this book came out, I was like, oh yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it and it's so easy and to understand and so easy to 
grasp the concept, but if people haven't read it, let's give them a little snip, snippet into what a empath is and what a vampire is, because I think they might not actually know the roles. No, I sure didn't know the roles. I just had to go through a whole lot of vampire relationships to figure it out finally. Okay, so there's a, there's basically uh, two groups of people. There's the energy vampires and there's a a continuum. I want people to know this. So you, and as I'm speaking, I want you to pay attention to whose name or face comes into your head because every family has them. So it's one in five individuals has what is called a personality disorder that can range from a little bit of narcissism. They're a little self-absorbed. They're a little self-centered to outright psychopaths. The psychopaths are the ones who have been running big pharma, basically, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, you know, the 12 bloodline crazy families. Okay. So that's, but you start with your, your sort of the person who's, um, always at a holiday dinner, let's say, and they make sure that all attention goes on them by picking fights and making sure they split the family. So on the on the psych ward of a hospital, you can always tell when a borderline personality uh, woman, it's usually a woman, comes onto the floor because the nurses start to fight with each other because some of the nurses will side with her. Oh, but she's so... And, and these people are very clever. Let's be clear. They're very clever. They know how to get their needs met through understanding what pushes the buttons of an empath. An empath is somebody, uh, so, so the personality disorders are born with a positive ego. They believe that they really are better than everyone else. The empaths are born with a negative ego. We keep the negative ego alive by looking for things to improve about ourselves. Mm. So we're always willing to take the benefit of the doubt with somebody. We're always willing to look on the bright side. And again, there's a spectrum with the empaths. So the uber empaths are the ones who are very diligent, very practical, very hardworking. They can run now in women. They The original research by Sandra Brown in her book, Women Who Love Psychopaths, was done with women who ran big corporations, were doctors, were lawyers, that like they and they believed that what it takes to run a business is what it takes to run a relationship. So they're attracted to fixer uppers. They're attracted to those who they believe um, just needed a helping hand and they could be just fine. So they're a target for narcissists mm -hmm. because the narcissist sees, oh, I can get a lot of attention. It's called narcissistic supply. They live on narcissistic supply, which is uh, attention, money, stature, sex. Mm. They live on all the things, frankly, that Instagram influencers, many of them in the millennial age, are, live, are, are selling narcissistic supply. 
I mean, you know, look at me, look at, you know, and so Instagram has almost created an entire working class of people providing, uh, providing or receiving narcissistic supply. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. (laughs) Now that I'm doing this, someone just, my Pilates teacher told me there's some guy, this was funny, who's doing these uh, long distance ice skating on frozen rivers, but first, you know, drinks a thing of vodka and uh, he's fallen through the ice three times, his wife, but you know, he's got a big Instagram following. Well, it's like a pseudo community, you see. Mm. Um, So, what you need to understand, and chances are very good, that it is the empaths who are your audience. It's the empaths who are my audience, because mm-hmm. like attracts like. And so we we go through life without the, with the with the ones who have the almost genetic inability to see the darkness of others. You need to have that function provided by someone else because you're congenitally blind to their darkness. You really absolutely believe that everybody is good at heart Mm -hmm. and only people who've been hurt in childhood hurt other people. And though that may be true, it is still the responsibility of each of us to do the healing. And so what happens with a narcissist or a sociopath, the rules don't apply to them. They believe the rules don't apply and they run for the victim position beautifully and they are professional victims. They are better victims than anyone you, you've you ever met, no matter what is happening. Um, thank you. Uh, no matter, that's my daughter giving me my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no matter what is happening, you're doing it to them. They're the victim of you. And they can be uh, very, very larger than life, um, charismatic people. But they, but look at who they're surrounded by. So one of the things that I noticed years ago is where you see a really good looking man, really good looking man dressed to the nines and he's out with a woman who's like overweight and she looks like not so good. And you say, what does he see in her? That's not the question you should be asking. What you should be asking is what is it in her that's putting up with the obvious narcissism of him because Mm -hmm. she is the supply She is the uh, all-loving, all-forgiving, all-compassionate doormat in that relationship. And she feels so good. Her self-esteem is so low that if he gives her a crumb of attention, it feels like a three-course meal. So Mm -hmm. that is the job for us empaths is to notice how these people make us feel uh, in initially. So what they do, they have malignant intuition and they will tell you what you've always wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, 
You are such a good doctor. Nobody else could possibly have saved me the way you have. That was a hook for me uh, because I was holistic. And therefore, my colleagues thought I was a quack. I mean, if you use nutrition and and you use natural things, that's not considered uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Only the ones using the drugs and surgery get all the accolades within uh, academic medicine. So I would have patients who, oh, thank God I found you. You're the only one. And, and invariably, those were the people that over time you couldn't do right by because they kept needing the relationship. Um, they would They would take my empathy, my love, and they would feed off of it. But in order to keep that relationship going, they couldn't get better. And it's estimated that at 25% of the patients in a primary care practice, so that would be women's health or general GPs or whatever, have personality disorders. It's this, help me, you can't. Help me, you can't. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I just want to say this is in, in the therapeutic relationship, mm-hmm. the people drawn to holistic medicine are often the wounded healers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and then when you wake up, um, what you, at first, you're going to feel empty because this person has given you so much attention, but then it's this awful relationship. I want to give you an example. So I had a good friend and she at first was incredibly helpful, helped me with the research in the books, like all of this. And then more and more and more and more, she invaded my life to the point where I realized, oh my God, I I will never have a friendship with another person on planet earth. Because what she would do, she would call me on a Sunday night to make sure that the following weekend was booked up with hikes or restaurants or movies or or whatever it was. I mean, she booked, she'd booked my life so far in advance that there was no room for a, a bigger uh, social life. And so you have to notice what's your first thought with these people? Is it like, oh, they make you feel guilty. So here's another one. And I remember Bernie Siegel talked about this years ago on the stage, Love Medicine and Miracles, that wonderful surgeon Bernie. And um, he said, when someone calls you, let's say that you have wonderful plans for Saturday, and then a friend calls and says, can you help me move? And you dump all of your plans and you go and help them move. Now, sometimes you will do that. But there are those people who only call when they need something. Mm. And they tend to be the better looking, larger than life. They just seem like they have it together and they kind of, you know what they are? They're the false light. They're the Mm. Luciferian false light, like all the celebrities. They're (laughs) actually fueled by this satanic um, uh, worship they have going on. Look at what's happening with that Balenciaga fashion line. It's all, it all comes from uh, this horrific child sacrifice worship of, of Satan. Well, that, that's our top A-list celebrities, mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie, all of them. 
and we've all been raised to want to worship them to be like worship them. them. Mm. Whoa, whoa. Well, it's okay. So that's the macrocosmic level. Mm. You know, they're on all the covers of the magazines. I mean, didn't you ever wonder why is the frickin' royal family on the cover of People magazine again? Who cares? Yeah. Like who, who really cares? But but you know, or remember the Kardashians? Like, do you seriously? Do you care? And you know, and then the handbags that they have, or the 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 thing. I yeah 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 yeah. I can't. I can't. <laughs> no, but 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 you but you've noticed. Yeah. That we're, we're all brought up with that hero worship way way back when Disney started, and we had mm. the. Um, Mouseketeers, mm. they were all, that was the beginning of the celebrity culture out of Hollywood. Mm. So that's the big picture. The little picture is the basic garden variety energy vampire in your own life. Yeah. So there's this, you know, and that those are the ones you got to get a handle on because once you get a handle on those, you can see the big ones easily. Mm -hmm. So our job as humans and empaths and light workers, see what I want to say to your audience is we light workers are air purifiers. We walk into a room and we instantly uplift the room, but then the, the dark sees the light mm -hmm. and they not only feed off it, but they also attack you. So the next time that you're feeling attacked in a room and empaths also feel the whole room, you don't know where you end and they begin. Yeah. And when a child is born that way, which many are, especially now, um, they are going to not know that it isn't them that's depressed or angry. They're picking it up for someone else who doesn't need to do the work. Like if you, if you do the feelings for me, I don't need to do the work. Mm -hmm. So it's our job to realize who we are and, and honest to heaven to this day, I'm astounded, uh, that people say to me on my Telegram channel now, because, you know, obviously I can't tell the truth on Instagram or Facebook, but um, they say to me, your your voice is so calming. And when I had that little ministry on Facebook and Instagram at the beginning of 2020 through 2021, when I was named one of the disinformation dozen by the Center for Countering of Digital Hate out of London, which is just a psychopath uh, organization. Tavistock um, Institute, right? Hmm? They're part of Tavistock Institute, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the same old, it's the same old, same old, same old. They have been, okay, let me give you the the cliff notes of the whole thing. And it's this, I, I boiled it down for people. And that is the a regressive parasitic species, the Draco reptilians, came to take over earth probably thousands of years ago. They've been working on it a long time. And their end goal was to put everyone in the matrix. And we call them Lucifer or Satan, if you're Christian. 
the CERN portal was a portal for these demonics to come through. The Olympic uh, ceremonies like London 2012 with all these coronaviruses and nurses and little children uh, was the Mm pre-programming. And now this is the end for Mm -hmm. them. So suddenly it's all in your face, but they've been doing it for a long, long, long time and getting away with it. So humanity has, think about it. Humanity's never had a chance. We've never had a chance to become who we really are because every time we started to rise, there would be another war. Mm. And these people fund both sides Mm. of all wars. The United States has been funding the Ukrainian war because that's where all the bio labs are. But look at what they've done because they own the media. They own the mainstream media. So therefore, the vast majority think that the news on television is the real news. And therefore, you you lose your own innate ability to see what's really going on. Yeah. But but there's enough of us. Okay, so this is back to the empath. Our basic presence, just being there, keeps the lights on. It keeps the lights on. So we hold a frequency. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting to understand the role that you're playing. Your job is to hold a frequency so that when the others rise up, you'll be there. And let me just say, everybody, we are about to have, and I think it's going to turn on a dime, suddenly this great awakening, not the great reset of Klaus Schwab. I mean, you know, here's Klaus Schwab saying, oh, China is an ideal society. Well, notice the riots in China. They're not going to be able to keep a lid on it anymore because a very few of them have been controlling millions of us. But as we wake up and remember who we are, and that's what dodging energy vampires actually does. It teaches a basic empath, someone who was sensitive as a child and and, uh, believed in angels and fairies and and divas and uh, was always interested in spirituality and crystals and flowers and Jesus and all of that. It finally gives us back our power to remember who we are. We are genetic royalty, 22 different species of DNA in us. This is a planet that everyone wants because of the biodiversity and the beauty. And we are now in the birth canal of evolving into who we really are, going from a carbon-based species to a crystalline-based species. And the ones who can even hear those words are the empaths, Mm. are the empaths. So the minute we clamp the cord on the energy vampires who have been keeping us small, who have been holding us down, who have been making us feel like we were bad people if we weren't giving to them. 
the minute we rise up, I'll tell you what it's like. It's like that movie, The Color Purple, where I believe it was uh, Oprah Winfrey who looks, or maybe it was Whoopi Goldberg's, I got to see the movie again, but she looks at Danny Glover's character and he's been raping her and uh, keeping her sister's letters away from her for years. And she finally stands up at the dinner table at night, looks at him, and she says, you touch me again, and your life will rot. And it's the same, Tina Turner did the same thing with Ike way back. She just said, she had one dime to her name. She said, you can keep it all. Do not touch me again. And then she became Tina Turner. That's what we're all doing. We're becoming Tina Turner or whatever our, uh, you know, the aspect. But you're not going to see that on mainstream media because the only ones, they're taking uh, people like me and making us into demons where the opposite is actually true. Yeah. And, but, but the good news is, we were born for such a time as this. When when you see it, you see it, and then you realize they have no power. <laughs> Their only power is to manipulate you. So there's really, there's nothing to be afraid of. I was having a discussion with my friend, Robert Fritchie, who runs the World Service Institute, and that's worldserviceinstitute.org, by the way, and it's Healing with Divine Love. And he said, if you get angry and you push back against them, they can get you. Mm-hmm. Now you can get into righteous anger and you should like, what are you doing? Giving the kids these injections. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? But I don't spend any time in that space at all. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm like, get thee behind me, Satan. Like, come on. I know who you are. And I feel like my light real light, God light is shining on them. And then they just dissolve. Yeah. Don't have the power of a fully realized human and nothing can stop what's coming. Humans are evolving and many won't, many won't, they'll recycle. That's okay. We all make it in the end. Um, But right now, you know, I don't know. Are you noticing a lot of people around you are dying? I am actually more and more. And of course, nobody wants to talk about why. Uh, but yeah. a lot of young people have also, have also passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, people that never had problems before. I actually just met a gentleman on my walk uh, by the river two days ago. He he suffers from anxiety and depression. I don't know him, but he just opened up and uh, I felt very sorry for him So. I was like, it's fine. You can cry. It's good to cry. Let it out. And he was telling me he lost his um, sister, was only 29 years old and had a heart attack. Yeah. And I asked, did she have problems before? And he said, no. And then I asked, did she have the thing? Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, a week before that happened. And still, the Portuguese government has requested, obviously, an autopsy, but they're taking forever. And I just hope that they're going to tell them the truth, but I doubt it. No, they don't. No, they don't. And then when it comes to babies, there's so many stillborn babies, they don't even send them to the embalmers. Mm. So they, so you, you know, that's the real secret, all the babies they're killing. 
Yeah. All the miscarriages, all of the, all of the whatever. So the good news is for those who can see this, um, I'll bet you within four years, we're going to have some really big families, big, healthy, wonderful families. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they, yeah, there are people that have been seeing it and they know it. And, you know, I, I've changed my mind even about children. I mean, I don't know if I will have any because now I'm 41 and I'm like, do I really want to go through it now? <laughs> Not so much, but um, unless I don't want to go to a hospital. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, no, right. I think yeah. that the the number of home births has soared increased yeah yeah so but it's funny because before i obviously drank the kool-aid at some point and i was thinking oh my gosh i don't want to be one of those people that brings more children on the planet and we are running out of resources and we're too oh, that i know yeah. i know we i felt responsible so like oh my gosh no i am not gonna have any so i always put a bag of you know i don't i'm not gonna have them aside from other things but that was one reason. And I actually realized, oh, my gosh, first of all, we have plenty of resources. It's just that we are there's a bunch of, you know, we have created this consumerism society that feeds these vampires because we give, give, give to the people that take, take, take. And yeah. instead of being rational about actually our place here, why we even have children. And and then if you have children, how are you going to raise them? Because that's the most important thing. If you raise them to just be in front of a tablet and be on Internet all day, well, yeah, of course, you're just creating someone that is not going to be uh, positive. It's not going to be the light. It's going to just be another dot in the darkness. But if you are actually raising children who are caring for nature, who are understanding the, our our place here, who are connected to animals, who are connected to other humans, who are supporting, I mean, that's, that's exactly what having children is for, you know, creating this army of light workers, you know? That's so, right. Yeah, so that's I've changed right. my mind in that. Well, the other thing is, if you think about the number of parents who are going to be dying, there's mm. going to be all kinds of children that need to be taken care of. Yeah, true. And yeah, I always say I'm going to, I will probably adopt without going through the system of adoption very soon. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. yeah we will absolutely. probably do that. I just feel it that that's going to happen. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. You know, you actually went into subjects that I didn't even have to ask you for, because I was thinking what happened in the last three years, almost, I can't believe it's almost three years, but that has been a massive manifestation of energy vampires. And then everybody in between, of course, not everybody that has given to the system is an empath, but a lot of people, you know, have just allowed this energy to be sapped out of them and they all got stuck into this, uh, still like limbo of fear and uh unable to actually move and then i've seen a lot of people that are very selfish and all they've done is like i'm gonna take the things i can travel i can do this and they live their life like nothing happened i mean i I know isn't (laughs) it amazing amazing? they 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 still i have a friend like that you know she spent the um you know, the fall in Paris and I'm painting. And I said, have you noticed anything? Have you noticed people in the street? And, oh no. In the cafe. And it's like, what? You you, <laughs> you, can't even, you you don't even see. Oh no. You know, and it's amazing to me. Yeah. Wow. Well, pretty soon waking up is hard to do. Oh, they're yeah. going to be in shock when, when the full disclosure, I was listening to, uh, Sandra Rose Michael, who has the wonderful scalar EE system of of healing that helps bring real light into the DNA. And she does a lot of work with uh, those soldiers who've gone down into the deep underground tunnels and rescued children, but they've seen 
all the children who are eviscerated, tortured, um, all of the rest of it. And she said, you know, these soldiers can never unsee what they've seen. I don't think that we'll ever know the full extent mm -hmm. of how humanity has been used as a food source for the, the Draco reptilians or how children have been used and, and tortured for um, adrenochrome. By the way, uh, the Chrome browser in Google is from uh, Chrome. Mm -hmm. And then there's another thing that if you, if you put it in, um, and I forget how you do it, but you look it up, it's some kind of operating system and you look it up, it's Adreno. <laughs> Not surprised. Yeah. Not no, surprised. they don't. They don't hide it. They don't hide it. They and can't. So, they can't hide it. If you think about it, like, a, you know, who controls everything? The right and the wrong is always the most high. And he always said it. You can do. You you know. You have to be a test, and you have to be an adversary, but you cannot hide it. You just just up to people to see it, and that's where we have to like open our eyes and actually see it. But That's there's right. only one master in control at the end of the day. So <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. And then when you are, the other thing that I see happening that's been wonderful is a kind of a revival of faith mm. and God. Mm. And, and so I don't care what you call it. I don't care what your name for God is, but our bodies know uh, what um, what our pastor has called the holy. We know when we're in touch with the holy. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's, it resonates the DNA, DNA level. I mean, you mentioned 22 uh, spe species and you, you mentioned DNA. I mean, if you look at the DNA, the helix, it, you know, representing even the Jacob's ladder, right? It's escalating going from, uh, you know, Malkut to Keter, like all the way up the tree of life and, and really connecting to that force, to that center, because ultimately that's where we come from. So we have those particles within us to actually go back to. Um, and I think a lot of empath, obviously, as you mentioned before, have that capability, have that, um, um, resonance, you know, that vibration within to, to ask, to, to ascend. To that point, um, my my question about this actually is: Do you feel? Do you think that uh, energy vampires are unable to even ever ascend to that level? Do they even know their source? Do they even come from the same source of an empath? Uh, the best question ever. So, if you're in a relationship with one, let's say you're married to one, or they're your boss, or they're your parent. One of the problems with telling an empath that they can get better is that we empaths are willing and able to wait 200 years for that to happen. Like, okay, we'll stick around waiting for the one chance that they could get better. Now, um, George Simon, who wrote In Sheep's Clothing and was a major mentor of mine for Dodging Energy Vampires, uh, has written a book on this called Contrition. And he has seen them change. But he said, generally, it's a man in his 60s in prison who looks in the mirror and finally sees what he has done. And the word contrition means to be broken into a million pieces. And then they know that it is their job to right all the wrongs that they have committed. So it is not the empath's job. In fact, it, the empath should always move on. They should always 
move on. Do not wait. And and then here's our other um, dilemma. And it's been huge in the past three years. This need to warn people mm. about the, the juice, to warn people about uh, whatever, to tell them about the Zelenko protocol or whatever. And, uh, you know, just, or if it's your, children, your adult children. I think that's been the worst where people um, have been told you can't see your grandchildren unless you have this. Mm -hmm. And so it's not your job to try to change them. So many of us, you know, sent out YouTubes back when anyone was allowed on YouTube who told the truth, uh, YouTubes, bit shoots, rumbles, whatever, trying to get the information out. And and our job is to realize that the heart has to be open from the inside. And, and this is us again, waiting for 200 years uh, to finally, wow, it finally worked. I worked harder and harder and harder to wake them up. Maybe this piece of information will do it. Maybe that will do it. I thought that when all the children started to die, people would wake up. No, mm -hmm. no. So what I would say is, yes, it is possible. Absolutely, it's possible. It happens mostly in the movies, by the way, at the end of the movie, you know, where the guy goes, oh, my God, I've been such a rat. Oh, I'm going to make it up to you. It happens in the movies because then we all at the end, we go, oh, yeah. And then it allows us to stay in that relationship longer. It is like it just takes the pressure off a little bit and then we stay. So that's why George Simon, when he talks about this, he says, I hesitate to tell you that it happens, but it won't happen because of anything that the empath did. It will happen because of what uh, what happens with God and that person. But I talked to Gene Decode about this, and he said he learned not to pray for the demons, the really regressive species, because he said they can use that energy, your compassion, your prayer, as louche, as narcissistic supply. They're not going to change. They're not going to change. So so there's you know two schools of thought. I, I talked to Bob today, and he said, if you send divine love to those people, it's a toxin to toxic people. So I want to give you an example way back in 2021, I think the summer of 2021, it might even have been, yeah, it was 2021. We had uh, one of those health freedom meetings and we had the local Antifa group outside protesting. Uh, we weren't sure what they were protesting they came in to our meeting. So they're all masked and they're along the wall. And our attorney, Ron Jenkins, begins to talk about true forgiveness because he is a lawyer for victims of terrorism. And he went to visit the last remaining terrorist in Italy who had shot up Heathrow Airport and killed the daughter of uh, this woman he was in touch with. And he went to Italy in order to 
meet the terrorist. His own girlfriend was on uh, Lockerbie Pan Am Flight 93, brought down by terrorists. And so he went through the dark night of the soul. Anyway, he's telling the story. And they started to heckle him. And he said later, I was going to say something, but I figured I'd let God take care of it. And as he's talking about forgiveness, one of the masked people mutters to her friend near her, let's get out of here. There's too much God in here. <laughs> and they all left. Bye-bye. So let's, let's remember that we are created in the image of God. And therefore, we can use that power to literally hold up your hand and send divine love to them. But it's not your personal love. That's where we get hung up. Our mm -hmm. personal love. You would do anything to wake up your son or your daughter or your husband. Anything. And it's not our job. It's they have their own higher power. You're not it. But you can ask with your morning prayers, send divine love. Wake them up, please. Yeah. That's all you can do. But do not, do not get caught in maybe this time. If I love them enough, they, and see, that's again, that's how we feed our ego again. So, you know, we think of ego as, um, you just think you're this, you know, great thing, like, a, you know, Beckham or uh, one of those people. You think that that's ego. We have to remember that a negative ego is, oh, my God, I have to do this to feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. I have to serve it to feel good about myself. In, in our um, church, I, I have to laugh, you know, that I even talk about going to church. I never thought I would ever, ever, ever. But I happen to find a place where the Holy Spirit really is. And what they say with the offering is, give only from a full heart. Otherwise, we don't, we don't want your money. We don't want. So there's no uh, give out of guilt. And there's pressure, by the way, in many churches, there's pressure. I mean, they they really will. I've heard of, of churches that, you know, they, they know the financial status of their parishioners. Or if you give to look good. Um, I was married to a man who went to Harvard with uh, a couple of famous people, um, Al Gore and Tommy Lee Jones, the actor. At the 25th Harvard reunion, that's the one where they guilt everyone into giving their life savings to Harvard, which is a real diabolical institution, and MIT, all of those, you know, right down there in in Boston, and they and the the class uh, marshal, whatever, wears a top hat and goes around, and you know, what can I put you down for? And uh, <laughs> you know, it's all based on your stature is based on how much money you can give to the fund. And Harvard now has an endowment in the billions. Um, so it's up is down, down is up. I sent my daughters to Ivy League colleges. Turns out that was a mistake. Yale and Brown, you know, but at the time, like you saying, well, ZPG, zero population growth, I guess I won't contribute to the population problem. We were brainwashed. Mm. So, it, it, so at this point, you know, I... Yeah, I'm almost embarrassed 
you know, that I went to Dartmouth Medical School. I mean, I I did the whole Ivy League thing. They're going to be, they're going to wake up last. They wake up last. <laughs> so funny you say that because when everything happened, the people with PhD were the ones that really just didn't see it. I'm like, what are you studying? <laughs> No, they, you know, Martin Geddes, uh, who wrote this guide to the Great Awakening, I just love his work and I follow him on Substack. And Martin said, what happens in academia is you are just training one very small part of the brain. And that's the intellect. You're not training uh, anything having to do with common sense or the wisdom of the heart. And so they are actually the most likely to be victimized by propaganda. They can't see it because their whole education is propaganda. Look at the Frankfurt School. These dudes, you know, came over from Frankfurt, Germany, Marcuse and all these guys infiltrated the American universities, especially California. And what was their basic approach? Criticism, criticism. They moved to paradise, California, and started to criticize it. So all colleges then got infiltrated with this, oh my, I like to say, you know, it's like with your cigarette. <laughs> if you knew, darling, how bad it was. If you knew, you would be, you're such a fool. I mean, I remember being interviewed at Yale Medical School by this psychiatrist. And he says to me, so tell me about that little bubble where you grew up with your happy family and people loving, tell me about that illusion, darling. Like that, it, it's, it was like that. Wow, there can't be anything, bonds of affection, true bonds of affection in families, bonds of affection with your animals, with the earth, with God. Oh, hopelessly naive, darling, or you couldn't possibly believe this. And, you know, and I always struggled with that. I mean, I, you know, I made it through academia, but now, man, can I ever see right through it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I would never, I was, you know, I was thinking I, I want to further my education. I always look for the, like the down, the, you know, the the underdogs, like schools that are so far on the other side than, than Ivy Leagues or these schools that people look at. And I'm like, you're learning the same thing. You're basically learning to parrot instead of thinking, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't need that. I don't want that. So yeah. Well, actually thinking about talking about medical school, Ivan, let's um let's I have a question about the health of the empath. Um, do you feel that empaths are more susceptible to getting sick uh versus yeah, a absolutely uh, and i'm glad you you brought that up all of the chronic fatigue fibromyalgia epstein bar lyme disease all of that um was always in the empaths always in the empaths now i'm not saying that those diseases don't have a real basis they do mm -hmm. however the constant draining of the narcissists and the energy vampires that they they work with well well let me just come right down to it we now know from the work of lee merritt and many others that the basic thing that is in the shots and is uh, a problem for humanity is parasites mm -hmm. so the energy vampire is a parasite mm -hmm. and by the way 
even sometimes after they die, there's still a parasite. You know, there are those who know how to clear dark energies. We've been parasited for our light. And until you get rid of parasites, there's not much hope. Yeah. So if you're, this is what I found time after time after time, a woman would get better. Let's say that she had bad PMS and she, and the wonderful thing about the menstrual cycle, at least before this psyop, because now everyone's menstrual cycle is completely shot. Um, but when a woman was premenstrual, everything that wasn't working in her life will come up and hit her between the eyes. And it's real. Yes, there's a hormonal basis and all that. So I could help her fix all that. And it would last about three months. And then she'd be right back where she started because there was no way she could sustain what it took to stay healthy. You know, you'd get to the point where you couldn't eat any bad food. You couldn't um, stay out late at night at all. It's like you were in a corner because you're constantly drained. It's like if someone is draining your blood, which is why the word vampire is real. And by the way, the um, they're called, what are they called? Dingbats. The dingbats in Dodging Energy Vampires are little pieces of garlic in the book itself, which I thought was very funny. Did you notice? <laughs> I noticed. I noticed today. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> At the beginning and the end. <laughs> Love it. I know. I thought that was so fun, you know, when we designed that book. And um, so as long as you're being drained, you can't get well. So what happens is, you know, these are the people, they do all the cleanses and they do all of the stuff to try to get well. They won't get well until the cord is clamped to the energy vampire. Now, what's interesting, Melanie Tonya Evans out of Australia has a whole online group uh, for those who have suffered narcissistic abuse. And what she points out is you can get to the point where these people, you know how they operate and you never bothered again. You just don't you're, you're remember in the book, I have um, those uh, those strategies, black or gray rock, just be a gray rock. And I've talked to people who have energy vampires at their office and they say, you know, so the person comes in to get their energy supply from the day for the day from them, but interrupts their work and all that. And one woman said, well, when I do gray rock, I feel guilty. Boom. That's how you know. Or you do broken records. Someone calls you on a Saturday. Can you help me with? And it's always, it's always the, I, I swear to you, it's always the good looking narcissist. <laughs> oh, well, you know, wow. They're calling on me. They must love me. You know, they're one of the beautiful people. No, they don't. So your job is to say, first of all, you got to take baby steps until you're good at it. Um, let me think about it. I'll get back to you. Because our knee jerk is always, yeah, yeah, abs yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll bake the cookies for the whatever. So I'll get back to you. Then you'll get so that you can say, broken record, I simply can't. I simply can't. Don't make excuses. Mm. 
Just can't. Sorry, I can't do it. So you need to have some strategies. And the book is full of strategies. I've also, by the way, I have an online course where I have uh, George Simon and um, Susan uh, Brown wrote Women Who Love, I mean, Sandra Brown, Women Who Love Psychopaths. So I have like really good people like the, the, it's always important for us to name our sources. Like, how did you learn this? Well, yes, there was the lab of real life. I've, I've had my, you know, one of my business partners I learned later had four different passports and wow. probably worked for the Mossad. So, you know, God sent me the PhD levels and, and I really cut my teeth on, um, I mean, one of these guys, you can't make this stuff up. He convinced me that we had to go to Copenhagen in December to visit this company that was making some kind of probiotic and how it was related to the product I eventually came up with. Uh, I don't know, but it was clear that he was using me. I didn't go alone, but he put me up in the bridal suite, in the, in the honeymoon suite of this hotel and it turns out that's where he had spent his honeymoon with his ex-wife. That's just weird. Yeah. That's just weird. And he was love bombing me and, you know, wanted to marry me and all of this stuff. It's nuts. These people are, and you, and you knew that it was nuts, but I didn't have enough um, trust in myself mm. to know that I could do this business deal alone. I thought he was necessary to do this. Those are the lessons you see. Those are the lessons. Yeah. So now, you know, now I'm, I'm, it's so perfect because all this stuff happened long before COVID. So COVID comes along and I was, oh, wow, I got this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, re I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I've done the, done the prep work. I love that. We're going we're gonna to put the, the, the course in the show notes because I think one thing I've noticed is, I, you know, I read the book the first time years ago and it really was impactful. I started seeing some things, but I didn't really see much of uh, who the vampires were up to last year. And that's because I was getting sick. I started having lumped in my breast. Uh, I had adrenal fatigue. Um, I was uh, I was just really falling apart. I gave myself type two diabetes, and I basically realized that there were people that had to really get out of my life. As much as I love them because they're family, I just yeah. could not do it. And this year in January, February, um, this is when I at last time I actually saw my mom, and and I decided that that was it because, um, and this actually will segue into my next question because I basically had to put boundaries and. And she didn't like it. And and it was a, she was there for three weeks. Uh, she was staying with my brother, but she basically, um, you know, every day I was like a selfish. I was, uh, oh. she called me, she called me, um, well, selfish. She called me a, a psychopath. She called me a narcissist. I mean, she called me everything. I was like, okay. And, and then the, the, probably the, you know, what really did it for me is that she was basically, um, pushing me and I lost my patience. And so I just exploded saying everything that you don't want to say because you don't want to hurt the person. But I just, and she recorded me only. So she, the, you know, and, and sent that to like her brother. So like, you know, creating chaos. And they don't know what the conversation was. Just, just her me lose it and say, you are, you actually are, you know, the person, whatever I said, I don't even remember. I was so angry. And that I sound like I'm attacking her. 
And right. I was just like, okay, this is what I put my hands up. I'm like, you see, I can do this. This is this is not this is crazy. It's crazy, yep. right? And so yep. as soon as I cut that off, and as soon as I decided that I had to have boundaries with everyone in my family, I really started feeling better. Like everything's just started yes. going into yes. place. I was like, oh my God, what you know, what's happening? <laughs> it's yes. good. Yeah, and so, so yeah. you've done the one thing that most people will not do. But I believe that you chose that particular family because that's where the work was. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we've also been, you know, we have been brought up to think, oh, family is everything, but that's your mother and you know you love her. And, I, you know, when people would say that kind of thing, it's like, um, n- no, no. It, it, so the daughters of narcissistic mothers, let me say, that is my specialty. Because my mother was not a true personality disorder, but she had major narcissistic tendencies, major. I mean, you know, imagine my last appearance on Oprah is goddesses never age. And what does Oprah do? She spends the second part of the show with my mother's uh, trip up Mount Everest at the age of 84. You know, so she she comes by it honestly, and this is her mother, you know, going up. And and I saw it so clearly. It was like, oh, my God. Um, and at this point, she, she died last year. And uh, I just, I'm so grateful for the mother I had. I could never be doing what I'm doing if I hadn't had, I just couldn't be doing it. So I'm very grateful. But, but my whole career in OBGYN. My whole career has been um, repairing my relationship with my mother. That's why I went into OBGYN, so that in the most nitty gritty way from conception and birth Mm -hmm. and all of it, I could heal my relationship with my mother. Every book, every everything. Mm -hmm. And, And I picked that person. And there's there's no question about it. And now I am so grateful. And it's a way better relationship since she's off the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I did my Akashic records not uh, long ago, and um, and I actually learned that I I had the same parents twice in my cycles. I had 195 cycles on this planet. Um, and I had them twice and funny enough, they ended up together because my parents hate each other. So, and they divorced. So I'm like, oh, that's funny that <laughs> you ended up together. They haven't learned a lesson though. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and and what's good is you learned it. So you're out. Yeah. I'm like, See ya. Never again. <laughs> you're out. Yeah. Yeah. That was the funniest part. But I, you know, and you said at the beginning, we have to remember who we are. So this is the work I'm doing, trying to remembering. And, um, and uh, yeah, but that was funny how, you know, I, I was like, wow, why did I get these parents? Because I mean, I was basically my mother's mother for my whole life until I really couldn't anymore. And, and she was thriving on that, you know, me being there, like she needs something, I'm there. She, you know, and when I couldn't do it anymore, this is where like everything flipped. But in a way, it was good because I had to be shaken to see this yeah. relationship doesn't work and it's not serving me at all. I'm not getting. I'm getting actually unhealthy. I'm getting sick, and um and and that really changed everything. And since I started diving into 
my past lives, the Akashic records, and also trying to heal the ancestry. Um, because as you said, like the light that goes at DNA level, actually healing my DNA from the ancestral um, curses, I think we can call them as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's such a powerful thing because it really is transforming me in a way that I couldn't have done just by doing the courses that I've been doing my whole entire adult life. And um, I'm grateful for it. And even with that experience, this book actually made a lot more sense when I read it again. Even so, I, I even noticed how my I was managing the yoga program in London before we moved to Portugal. And uh, my boss, she was actually uh, an energy vampire and uh, and, you know, I, I actually realized, wow, I was stuck in that relationship where I couldn't even teach in other studios because she was so jealous of me. She had to keep me there. And I yes. never, you know, it's amazing. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I just only saw it now. I thought about it this week as I finished the book again. And I was like, wow, you know, that relationship came to me. So, uh, yeah, the, this your resources are very, very helpful. And I think this is a subject that is evergreen because we also understand it better as we mature and we progress and we, you know, experience. And so when we go back to it later, we can actually understand that, oh, okay, that, you know, that makes sense. Well, it's really true. I mean, it's really, especially uh, now. So if somebody had read the book, it came out in what, 2018, I think, uh, or maybe, yeah, 2018. So it was yeah. really predictive programming for this time, which I did yeah. not know. But obviously, I do know now. And but it's layers and layers and layers. But if you I mean, what you did, you see, most people will not do because cutting off your family, your mother, what you have to and Shafe and Wilson Shafe, who wrote When Society Becomes an Addict, had a great line. And it was this. It's hard to lose what you never had. Mm. So you have, we have these images of how Christmas is, how this holiday should be. We have these romantic images of what it should be. And so, uh, and, and normally with an energy vampire, you know, there's that thing called uh, milligrams of love that I learned from Dr. Mario Martinez. And that is um, how, how long can you stay with an energy vampire having that wonderful time before things go south. And he calls that understanding how many milligrams of love they can take before they go toxic. And he said, many times it's only 30 minutes. Like you go to visit your mother and things are good and you're very loving and all of that. And within 15 minutes, she's criticizing your hair, your wardrobe, your children, your job. That's when you know, okay, she has reached her limit of love. My love has now become a toxin to her. And that's when you take your leave. Mm. That's when you take your leave. And on, uh, Sandra Brown taught us um, that what you do, just because it is, if you want to maintain some relationship, send cards. Send cards. You know, because the remember, the narcissist will never tell the truth. Yeah. about what's going on they're always the victim yeah but you know if you send if you send a card now and again or whatever um it, it's and isn't it interesting what your what your mom did that is so classic which is record only one side and then infect the entire family so that she can establish her position yeah. 
as the victim of you when the opposite is true. But what you've done is you've stepped out of the victim, persecutor, rescuer triangle of death, moved above it, looked at the Akashic record, looked at the DNA legacy, took the 10,000 foot view, which is what all humanity is doing right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, because look at what we're finding, you know, all these uh, evidence of giants, red haired giants all over the earth. Well, what does the Smithsonian do every time they dig one up and give the bones to the Smithsonian? The Smithsonian goes, oh, we never had that. Or we lost. It's like no. the lost ark, you know, the last scene where they're putting the ark in a crate in the basement of the Smithsonian. That is real. That stuff happens. We're waking up to our true history. But you had to do Many people will do that big work. Oh, here are the giants and the true history and the intergalactic. And they will not do the nitty gritty work of what you did with your mother. You know, Winona Judd used to say, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. And then look at the Judds. Look what happened to the Judds. I mean, my God, Naomi shoots herself. I mean, that was that was a dysfunctional family beyond anything because Naomi's desire for fame was so enormous and she dragged her daughters into that and did they have an amazing career in beautiful music absolutely but look at the back end of it what a legacy to leave that ashley has to go in and find that her mother shot herself the day before they were supposed to be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. Now, the reason I bring that up is that we're all taught, uh, especially with the social media thing, um, that the goal should be to be rich and famous, mm -hmm. that you want to have this, uh, you know, the, a million followers on whatever. And there's no there there. You know, what people had said to me in the past, you know, when I was actually popular in those realms, um, you know, what does that feel like? You know, it's like there. No, it's better now. It's because the people that I know are there for me. We have a, a small group in Maine called Maine Stands Up that I started in my own living room, you know, when. Uh, everyone was being canceled and the mayor, or the governor was telling us you couldn't be together. And I thought, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So what's the most gangster thing I can do? Have people. <laughs> oh, so, so we have this whole community now all over the state of Maine of real people, mm -hmm. farmers, guys who were in the military, um, people who are there for each other. We make sure that people don't go to the hospital um, you know, because the hospital will kill them and, you know, all of that stuff. This, I would rather have this any day than a limo picking me up at Harpo Studios and and going in and, oh, you know, Miss Winfrey will see you now. I mean, uh, that, bleh. who needs that? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, when, yeah, when you see, when the veil comes out, you, you see it for what it is and you're like, well, you know. I want real, yeah, I want grounded. Yeah. Um, one question that I, I had from that conversation, from the story I told you about my mom, um, and I know we're running out of time, so last question, I promise. Um, it's, um, can can an empath become an energy vampire, whether they do no. it consciously or not? No? No, and, I, and I'm thrilled you brought that up. That was really important. Every person 
who worries about becoming an energy vampire, it's actually diagnostic of an empath. Oh my God, I am worried that I'm going, that I'm, they read the book. I'm worried that I'm the energy vampire. Okay, I can assure you, no true energy vampire ever worries that they're an energy vampire. In fact, you know what they do? They tell you how empathic they are. They give courses on empathy. It's never the other way around. No energy vampire ever thinks that they are, ever. They can't see themselves. It's only the empath who worries about that. So if anyone worries about that, boom, diagnostic, you're an you empath. Quick, the quick quiz. <laughs> One question quiz. That's right. That's right. Oh, my God. I, I make sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I know we're out of time. So Dr. Northrop, it's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And I hope we can do this again. And I just, I'm so grateful. Thank you for sharing everything. And let, we'll put all the details of the book, but also the course. And I, I think I'll do the course as well, because I really, uh, yeah, since reading the book, I feel like more, more things are coming up. And in the journey I'm now, this course will be so helpful. So I hope more people will join me as well. And uh, yeah, so thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And make sure that you send me this, you know, um, so that we can post it on all my channels. I appreciate Great. it. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Dr. Northrop, and thank you everyone for staying on to this episode. I really hope it gave you a lot because every time I talk about the subjects, every time I reread the book, something new comes to me, and I really feel that it's such a, a relevant and present subject for all of us, especially empath, that it is amazing what we can learn each time we discuss this. So. I really hope you liked it. Please do kind of bookmark this uh, this uh, episode because I feel like a lot of people would go back to it and really learn more and understand more in different times of their lives when things are happening. So uh, guys, as always, if you liked it, please do share it, review it, help us grow so that more and more people can hear and listen to this information and really you know, get better, get healthier, get empowered to do so. All right, I will see you soon. Big love from me. Bye.